0: Hello and welcome to Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, your daily podcast covering all things St. Louis Cardinals, covering all of the uh, the big news from snowy, frozen Chicago, Illinois. My name is Jeff Jones. Joining me, as always, Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, it's cold here. There's, there's snow and there's no baseball.
1: I'm comfortably in my bedroom with blankets, so I'm sorry that you uh, are dealing with the frigid temperature a little bit north and east of here. It's not warm in St. Louis exactly, but the sun is out, and I think we're into maybe the 40-degree range right now. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. That uh, I didn't know they canceled baseball for for temperature, as I was telling you just a few minutes ago. I wasn't aware that that was a a practice commonly or, or ever done, but I guess... You said the snow wasn't really that severe up there, but the temperatures expected tonight are pretty chilly.
0: Yeah, I I think they had some issues on Saturday. The last time the Cubs played was Saturday. They were were wintered out yesterday and then today as well, and I think there were some pretty strong complaints. I was out walking around this morning, and it's – it's cold. It's not great up here. So I certainly understand the, uh, the, the, the reason for the cancellation. I was, I guess, hopeful that either they would go ahead and squeeze the game in today or they would reschedule today's game for perhaps a doubleheader tomorrow. But no such luck. Moved on to June. So now what was a three-game set becomes a two-game set. And uh, I have no productive reason to be in Chicago today. So I'm going to go, I don't know, get grilled cheese sandwiches and uh, pretty much chill out.
1: That doesn't sound bad. I would just advise you to wear plenty of layers.
0: I did. I did pack for the weather. I managed to bring the winter coat with the gloves and, you know, a couple extra dry pairs of socks. I, I, I'm, I'm well Chicago seasoned. So I was, I was ready for what came, but the one thing I didn't bring was boots. I don't, you know, you, you only packed the one duffel bag. Uh, so I only had room for one spare pair of shoes and the, uh, the snow boots did not make the cut. So Trudging through snow and sperries so far has been the move.
1: That's that sounds like a lot of fun for your feet.
0: They look they're weatherproof. Uh baseball is not weatherproof, but things do march on. The Cardinals today, with a couple of roster moves, Luke Gregerson and Jed Jerko both activated from the disabled list. Gyro Munoz and Mike Myers sent down to Memphis uh, to accommodate those moves. This is the second time Myers has been optioned out so far this season. Munoz made the opening day roster, but didn't really impress at the plate uh, in some limited opportunities. And so Harrison Bader stays with the team, and uh, and Jed Jerko rejoins them. This is a uh, this is now I think pretty close to a fully healthy and complete Cardinals team minus uh, my, my, minus Alex Reyes, I guess, right?
1: yeah I thought the uh, the Munoz thing was a little weird that he he you know he had a good spring and so he cracked the opening day roster. I think the fit is better to have Bader on the team he's shown in recent games in, in the Cincinnati series what he can what he can do he's got some of that power that speed that uh, defensive ability that you like to see so I like him coming off the bench and I hope they find creative ways to get him some opportunities and uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see how Gregerson can perform. we know that Greg Holland, In his stint uh, after, you know, he wasn't injured, but he had some ramping up to do, uh, didn't perform so well right away. So I'll be intrigued to see when they do get Gregerson into a game, what that role might look like first on and how he's able to to get the job done or not.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the shuffling of roles for greg holland was definitely a story over the weekend uh you had the expectation that you know the cardinals with their first real save opportunity since holland joined the club the expectation that he would come running out of the bullpen and instead lo and behold here came bud norris uh who has since had another save opportunity it is three for three to give up a run and put some runners on base yesterday against the reds uh what do you what do you think of putting Holland in a situation where maybe he's not fully ready to contribute to the big league bullpen and sort of trying to trying to, to ease him in.
1: I, I mean, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. I, when they brought Bud Norris in for that first day, uh, save opportunity, I kind of liked it, and I understood why they might do that, and, and he performed flawlessly, didn't really have much trouble. Uh, and then yesterday, it was a little bit of a different story. That was the kind of ugly save that, That you, you know, we've seen in past years, you could go back to the end for Ryan Franklin, the end for Jason Isringhausen, some Trevor Rosenthal saves. Like Cardinal fans are kind of used to seeing ugly saves on occasion, and that was definitely one of them. I, I don't know how I feel about Bud Norris being the guy they go to every time, but I guess they're just waiting for that right chance to get Holland into a game that's like, it's not that it's a close, highly contested game, but it's also not a blowout either. Like finding that happy medium of him not being like offended by the role they're putting him in and also saying, hey, we're going to trust you little by little to build back toward that closer role, I guess. I wouldn't mind him getting another shot in the closer role. As we talked about on the podcast last week, I, I didn't have a problem with him being used in that situation when he first came back to the team. I just thought that when it was clear that that night he didn't have it, that you don't put him in that spot for as long as you do. So if they were to, to have a game tomorrow night that they, that they play – and that they're leading by three runs going into the ninth, I'd have no issue having Greg Holland be the guy to go to instead of Bud Norris. But certainly, I'm sure Norris, who saved 19 games last year uh, in the American League, is happy for the opportunity and and thinks of himself as a guy who can be a closer. So it should be an interesting situation to monitor. But like Gregerson, I'll be kind of watching to see exactly what that situation they'll put Holland in uh, going forward, just because it seems like they're trying to be very careful about it, I guess.
0: Yeah, but, you know, the the one thing that I wonder about, if if you're trying to work Gregorson in and you're still trying to feel out spots for Holland, uh, then it can make the rest of those roles in the bullpen, for now at least, a little bit questionable because it means you're going to have maybe John Brebbia in some higher leverage spots. You're going to certainly have... Uh, Matt Bowman pitching a lot, not that that's a change from usual, but I, but I think you'll, you'll see Matheny leaning on him in a lot of spots, and I think that you'll also see a lot of Dominic Leone, and, you know, Leone has had a couple of rough outings so far, and so he's yet another guy who maybe could uh, could could benefit from being able to take at least a little time to get himself back right, but I think now you're going to be leaning on him, because with Myers being sent to AAA, there's not really uh, an obvious guy in the bullpen for that only use in case of emergency role that Matheny really prefers to have. Uh, probably Brebbia is the closest thing they have to that guy, but, you know, John Brevia made more than 40 appearances for the Cardinals last year out of the bullpen, so he's a guy that Matheny trusts and knows, and, and so I think would get some opportunities. The thing that I wonder about is if, if Greg Holland is really not in a position where he feels comfortable enough with his stuff uh, to be in a closer's role. And, and if the team doesn't think that he's really ready and needs more time to work, he does have an option you can utilize. Clearly, uh, the Cardinals utilized that option when they sent Greg Holland down to Palm Beach at the start of the season to get ready in kind of an abbreviated fashion. So if he needs more spring training, is it is it maybe... You think a pride thing with Holland where he doesn't want to be in the minors? Could it be an optics thing where the Cardinals don't want to spend $14 million on a pitcher and then have him pitching in high A ball for a month? I don't know. There are some interesting ways you could utilize Holland, but the Cardinals don't appear to be willing to do anything besides let him find his footing in the Major League bullpen.
1: I mean, I don't know that they're in a position with him where they just feel like they can't use him at all unless the game has already been decided. I mean, he's come into games... Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many. At least one, since that kind of brutal first appearance in St. Louis. Uh, and I guess some of that could depend on once we see Gregerson for the first time, what he looks like. Because if it is a fair point that if you don't feel good about Holland, which I guess we don't really know exactly how they feel, uh, if they if they feel they can contribute in, in close ish games or not at all, uh, and and then seeing Gregerson, if that's two guys that don't quite paint out the way you want. I don't know that you'd want to stick with just the group you have if the others like Leon, uh, Tyler Lyons, who these guys have have struggled some, as we've mentioned, and then to to where you put yourself into a situation where like a Jordan Hicks is a guy that you're relying on too many days out of the week because that's not a situation you want to be in either. I think I'd be surprised if if they would go that route. I think – more than likely you would see like a like an injury made up to where it could give him that kind of 10-day DL stint. Uh, but but I don't know that it's to that point uh, yet. I'd be interested to see if he can get into a, a game in this shortened Chicago series and in, in one where the Cardinals like have a, a four-run lead or maybe are trailing by a run or two, and then that could give him an opportunity to kind of work on some things.
0: The other move made today – with the pitching staff uh, that Joe Trezza and Derek Cool just announced on Twitter about half an hour ago is a slight shuffling of the pitching rotation uh, with Adam Wainwright due to make the next start for the Cardinals, which would have been today, being pushed back to tomorrow. Michael Waka, instead of instead of moving the entirety of the rotation back one day, Waka will swap spots in the rotation with Luke Weaver, so Weaver will pitch on his regularly scheduled day uh, this Wednesday here in Chicago, knock on wood, assuming that a game occurs, and Waka gets pushed back to Friday's start, that gives Michael Waka two extra days of rest in this turn through the rotation. Do we think this is just as simple as the Cardinals wanting to make sure that Weaver stays on schedule, or are there some concerns uh, about the way Waka has looked here in the early going?
1: Quick scheduling update for me, because you probably know, they don't play Thursday, is that accurate? Correct, Thursday an is an day. off day, yeah. Right, so I think that's just I I don't think it's about the concerns with Waka's performance, I think this is something they tried to do last year, and by and large did a pretty good job of it by buying Waka some time throughout the season as a way to manage his workload, uh, not only for you know being prepared to, to pitch a full season, but being able to do so without the, the shoulder stuff cropping back up, because in the even years has been when that's been uh, kind of most nasty and he's dealt with it most prevalently, and now uh, this is just one where it makes sense to go ahead and buy him because of the off-day Thursday not just one day, but two. Uh, And then for a young starter like Weaver, where, you know, that, that he might be under some inning restriction as well, but the, the injury history is not as much a concern for him. So I think it's a deal where that makes some sense. And then if you really get into some concern with his innings later in the year, that being Luke Weaver, that might be the time where like Alex Reyes arrives and you could just go ahead and skip an entire start or two for somebody like Weaver and get maybe creative with the 10 day DL. So Long story short, I think the Waka situation, that's mostly about managing innings, although the start for him hasn't been uh, exactly splendid.
0: You know, I think Weaver's role in the rotation is going to be something to keep an eye on moving forward because the sort of obvious place where he would slot in is probably as that number four. Uh, you know, if you have Martinez as the ace, you assume Walker can be a number two. And Wainwright, I guess you give him sort of the credibility and, and the longevity to be that number three type pitcher. You would then get Weaver, then would be the next guy to slot in. But especially in the early going, he has been. Probably the second most effective Cardinal starter, Carlos Martinez had a rough first start, but it's been great in the uh, in the following three. Behind Martinez, it's pretty much it's pretty clear that it's Luke Weaver. Uh and so I do wonder about the restrictions on his usage and whether or not the Cardinals will sort of throw the brakes on him once in a while, because I don't know that he's shown you anything. That makes you think that he needs those kinds of restrictions. And then when you look at guys like Waka with the shoulder history, and like Wayne Wright who's aging and sort of dealing uh, with, with with trying to harness his stuff, I do wonder if maybe Weaver becomes a the guy they end up leaning on for you know close to 200 innings that they weren't expecting to be have involved in that role earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting that you point out, and I agree with you that so far Weaver's been the second best starter which is something that when I was doing periscopes in the offseason and spring training, I said I that would surprise me. And then a lot of people were very high on him. And it's not that I wasn't. I just was looking at it through more of that lens of his ability to log innings. And like you mentioned, he hasn't really shown any reason that you should have cause for concern for his ability to do that. But I do think that the team will step in, and I don't know what that number is. I think it's definitely south of 200, and I imagine it's probably even south of 180, maybe around that 165 to 170 range is just baseless speculation on my part. But it will be interesting to monitor because if he's still performing when we get into June and July and beyond that as the team's number two starter, uh, you know, when you talk about rotation as they schedule it throughout the season, it's not really as important as it is when you when you discuss, say, we get to a postseason series, where would the Cardinals go then? Would they go Carlos Martinez number one, and then are they next most confident in the ability of Luke Weaver? I think Michaelis has shown some good things as well, and I'm kind of leaning on the idea that he can be that guy that can log 180 to 190 innings, kind of like Lance Lynn did last year. And certainly in his last start, he, he had the quality enough to go with it where you're comfortable with him going for seven innings. But I agree with you on that, and – and I think Alex Reyes' usage will play into all of that as he can kind of be the spell for the guys that need one. And it might make sense when Reyes is ready to make Luke Weaver be the, the complement to that in some ways, along with Michael Waka, who they will kind of build in these creative ways to get him rest throughout the season as well. Because when, when Reyes does come back, it's an innings thing for him too, whether it's a hundred or one ten or whatever the number is. They've got enough young guys and and they would never want to overwork Flaherty either, so you kind of have to consider all those factors as well. I think they have enough innings in the rotation, but yeah, it's going to be on the guys like Michaelis and and Waka to show quality within those innings so that it doesn't put a a stress on any other parts of the rotation.
0: Yeah, you know, when you talk about the stresses on the rotation and and you sort of think about the way the Cardinals maybe have this season planned out with the pitching— Uh, Alex Reyes becomes a very interesting part of this, assuming that he is back and ready to go as of, say, June 1st. Uh, You know, and and you know this as well as anyone from being inside the Cardinal Clubhouse. Uh, There are these sorts of Social pecking order things, right? That are established with sort of the layout of the clubhouse and and the spot that stalls are placed. And Alex Reyes has a major league locker stall waiting for him. I don't think that the Cardinals are expecting him to be a Triple A when he's back and healthy. They're expecting to find a spot for him on the big league roster. And when you sort of look at that layout, he's got that that that, that locker stall. Among the starters, uh, that's that's the wall that he's on. Miles Michaelis is over among the right-handed arms in the bullpen. And so it is, it is a little curious, and it's a thing to wonder about. Uh, but it also, I think, speaks to the expectations the Cardinals have for Alex Reyes. You know, the uh, the sort of rule of thumb here is to never try to make those decisions ahead of time that usually problems with an overstuffed rotation or what appears to be an excess of personnel do tend to fix themselves over time. So, uh, you know, maybe by the time that Alex Reyes is ready to come back, there will be a clearer idea of what the Cardinals will and won't need but it is sort of hanging out there as, as a way to maybe fill in the Cardinals' hope, probably, say, 100 innings or so from the rotation later in the season.
1: Yeah, but I think as long as a, a guy like you mentioned with Michaelis like being maybe one who has to, to, to continue to play for his rotation spot, I, I think he's going to give you enough quality, and as many times as he can throw six or seven innings uh, and, and continue to do so, I think that's going to be Plenty to to keep him in the rotation as long as he's healthy, and then maybe you look at the the situation with Waka and whether it's baking in extra time with with you know a DL stint for for any other guy. But if the guys that continue to throw innings with the except the only exception to that is Luke Weaver. Like if every other starter is throwing seven every time they go out, and Luke Weaver is throwing seven every time he goes out, I think Weaver is the one that eventually you have to be more careful with, just because he hasn't done it for for his career. I don't know off the top of my head. I think he's mid-130s as far as his career best for innings, and that was last year. So would they extend that beyond 30 or 40 innings? I don't think they would.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's a fair question. And, and again, we'll watch it develop as the year goes on. You don't need to make any proclamations ahead of time, but it is for sure uh, an, an interesting challenge that the Cardinals are going to have to settle as they uh, as they drag out here through the season. The lineup for the Cardinals, on the other hand, is still having to deal with the early season struggles for both Matt Carpenter and Colton Wong, uh, with Jed Jerko now active off the DL. I would imagine he is going to get his fair share of time uh, in the in the infield and take some of those starts away from from players who may be struggling. Though, I don't know about you, but I, I expect that maybe Colton Wong is going to end up sitting with a much higher frequency than Matt Carpenter.
1: I doubt you'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. And certainly with the way Wong has performed so far, they're going to have re- plenty of reason to get Jed Jerko in there. And so I'd be surprised if Wong were to start against a lefty like at all, just for a while, just just because of the fact that you didn't have anybody pushing him for a spot before, because we didn't really think much of what Munoz was bringing to the table. And and that's why it makes sense that he was sent back down. But Jerko is a different story. He's a guy who's built up two years of consistent play, uh, you know, under Mike Matheny within this organization. And so uh, even though the team is riding high right now, you know, we should mention they did just sweep the Reds, um, which is kind of what you expect. I said, going into, uh, this kind of area of seven games in two weeks against Cincinnati that you needed at least five. And now that they got four of those in the first series, you you got to win that second series and continue to put the pressure on the bad teams. But I, I think definitely you see yesterday, the offense didn't quite do uh, as much as they had in some of the days before that. And so you're going to try to be finding every way that you can to, to put the optimal lineup out there. And so certainly against lefties, I think Jericho gets the start. And uh, like you mentioned, it's probably not, Carpenter sitting in those cases as much as it would be uh, Colton Long.
0: Yeah, the four-game sweep of the Reds maybe doesn't feel as gratifying as would a uh, a four-game sweep of another opponent just by virtue of how bad the Reds are. They've won yeah, two games so far this season, uh, <laughs> and I agree good. with you. <laughs> y- yester- yesterday, it sort of felt like the Cardinals were just doing everything they could to get out of the park as quickly as possible and still managed to leave with a win. Uh, so that's a plus, I guess, for the, for the Cardinals to be in that position. But look, you do have to beat up on on the bad teams. As you mentioned, the Cardinals missed the playoffs by one game in 2016, and they played 500 ball against the Reds that season. If they had played 600 ball against the Reds that season, they are comfortably in the playoffs. And so those games, those games do matter. Uh, and it's the first time the Cardinals completed a four-game sweep against the Reds since the 1940s when in Cincinnati. So not, not a common thing to have happen, uh, and I'm sure buoying for the Cardinals now to to pull a win streak into Chicago.
1: And here's a prediction for, I don't even know who's on the mound for the Cubs, but I bet Greg Garcia somehow finds his way into the lineup one of these two games uh, because, you know, he uncorked two home runs and a double, causing me to dub him Greg Musial because that was uh, an unexpected and fantastic performance when he was able to get into the lineup there in Cincinnati, I felt we should probably mention that as well. His two home runs uh, in that one game equaled his total in 290 plate appearances from 2017. So pretty remarkable uh, weekend for Greg as well.
0: Yeah. Tyler Chatwood was due to start for the Cubs today. Uh, he got slid back, as I mentioned, from a game that got canceled yesterday. I don't know if the Cubs have yet decided, or if they have, they haven't announced what they're planning to do with the pitchers. I, I mean, can you? I guess you can just push Chatwood another day and slide the whole rotation back. But the weather is the weather has not been cooperating. Did you see that a a game in Toronto, a stadium that has a dome, may be postponed today because ice fell off the CN Tower and plunked a hole in the roof
1: yeah and there were like i don't know which day it was i want to say it was saturday but one of the days of this weekend there were like six or seven postponed ga- like games that were postponed from the same day and so it's like all across the midwest and and even in the northeast as well there it's like this has been a pretty suboptimal spring for baseball weather
0: it has indeed i you know again i i came up here for the three game set against the cubs i'll take nearly uh, i'll take nearly any excuse to uh to to make a trip up to chicago and enjoy a little bit of baseball but yeah it's been a been a little gloomy a little cold maybe not the i promise
1: if you go back in june you'll get you'll probably get better better weather for that series and i guess you'll end up seeing four games so maybe i'll try to make it up there for that one too
0: that seems that seems like the move i think that i uh i think i'm gonna have to drag it up here for that as well my my goal is to get to at least one road series for each divisional team uh throughout the season this year so if that means that I have to get myself to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, then I guess I'll have to make that sacrifice.
1: Well, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm a fan of Pittsburgh. I've I've not been there like frequently. I've only been there once for like a day. But what I saw, I was a fan of, and uh, I I know PNC Park. Everybody says that's you know a beautiful place to see a game. Yep. You may have already done that though.
0: Yeah, I've not I've not been. I've never been to the city of Pittsburgh. So, I actually I've heard the same about PNC and, and definitely uh I am looking at least a little bit forward to getting up there and seeing a game in that park. All right, as we uh, as we wrap it up here today on Lock on St. Louis Cardinals, Brendan last thoughts, anything we should be looking for in particular against the Cubs this week.
1: Yeah, it's kind of going to take a little bit of the the fun out of it just the fact that they're they're it's possible they split the series, you know, there there would have been a a definitive series winner for this early season uh, matchup between the Cardinals and Cubs. Cubs haven't really started the way uh, a lot of people thought they would. I still expect them to be uh, the chief contender for the the division crown, uh, even though the Pirates have gotten off to that hot start. Uh, I, I just would say for the Cardinals sake, you're going to want to at least win one of these games um, because as we, as we mentioned, divisional record last year was a big problem. You could have done a little bit better against the bottom feeders, but the Cubs really beat up on you too. So uh, I, you know, I'm, what I'm hoping that we see is games being played because I don't really know what the weather's like for tomorrow and, and maybe that could be affected as well. But at the very least, Cardinals got to come away with a split and then they can kind of kick the problem down the road and worry about the other, you know, the four-gamer coming up in June and some home series against Chicago as well. But don't, don't go out of here 0-2 because that would really squash the positive momentum that you built in Cincy against, albeit a, a lesser club, but still those wins count, as you mentioned, It'd be nice to see the Cardinals be able to get on a little bit of a roll as they uh, play against their chief rival here.
0: The good news, if they uh, if they do deal with some squashing, they come right back to the Reds at Busch Stadium next weekend, so they would have some opportunity to uh, to get back on that horse. Yeah, though I I agree with you that coming out of here uh, with a split is probably sufficient for the Cardinals, and then with the off day Thursday, you'll probably have less of the standard day game getaway game uh, on 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 Wednesday against the Cubs. So hopefully a, a split that comes out of here from the Cardinals' perspective, and hopefully for our perspective there. Will Will uh, actually be baseball to watch. Brendan, thank you so much for uh, for for hopping on and knocking this out this afternoon.
1: Yeah, Jeff, we'll talk tomorrow.
0: That'll do it. This has been Locked on St. Louis Cardinals, your daily podcast covering St. Louis Cardinals. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, Subscription is now available on iTunes, so check those out. We'll have everything else up for you shortly. Check on, locked on, out LockedOnSTLCardinals.com. Had a piece over the weekend. Uh, talk to Dexter Fowler about Jackie Robinson Day and some challenges that the Cardinals deal with uh, in, in, the, in the city of St. Louis. Check out Brendan on Twitter at BShafer12 and his Cardinals writing at KMOV. I am at JM Jones, and this is Locked on St. Louis Cardinals.